Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Devorim Shlishi, the third Aliyah in Parshas Devorim. Our Aliyah is 17 Psukim long and runs from Perek Aleph, Pasuk Chofez to Lamed Ches, which is essentially 17 Psukim long. And our main idea is the spies and the Raglim, take two. We saw take one in Parshas Shlach. Now we have a different version of it. Let's, let's take a look at a very brief summary and then we'll take some um, deeper points to ponder. First, we hear that Moshe Rabbeinu recounts how everyone came in front of him. They remember, they're about, they're on a cusp of going to the land of Israel. And everybody comes in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, and they said, let's send spies to the land to see which way we should enter the land. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, says it was good in my eyes. And so he chose a leader from each tribe, and they went up to the mountain, and they went through the valley of Eshkol, and they spied out the land. They took the fruit from the land, they returned, they reported, the land is very good, they said. But then they didn't want to go in, and they started rejecting the word of Hashem. And, they, and Moshe Rabbeinu accuses them of t- saying bad stories in their tents behind his back about Hashem boarding, uh, bringing us out of Egypt to kill us in the desert in the hands of the Amorites. And the people then believed them and got upset. They said, where are we going? Our brothers melted our hearts. And they, the people are swayed by the emotional presentation made by the Miraglim, by the spies. And Moshe pleaded with them, saying, don't fear them. Hashem has fought for you up till now. And he, um, he brought you out of Egypt. He'll be in front of you. And just as he was all the way through here, and he, and Moshe Ren even points to the fact that throughout the desert, Hashem has been carrying you like a, a father carries his very own son. And yet you still, still don't believe in him with the fire traveling in front of you at night and the cloud during the day. What, what's going on? Uh, Hashem hears about this debacle and becomes extremely angry and then makes the statement, makes the, 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 the Shavua, the oath, that none of the people of this generation will enter the good land which was sworn to the patriarchs to receive except for Kalev ben Yufune, who will receive the land which he walked on. That was the area of Hebron, which he visited. And Hashem got angry with Moshe as well. Hashem also got angry with Moshe because of the nation of Israel, saying that Moshe Rabbeinu will not enter the land, rather Yosha will lead the nation in. So this is, this is the idea. A lot of curious facts to consider. Number one is, if you look at Pasha Shlach, the most the basic difference between this version and the version in Pasha Shlach is that in Shlach, it's, it starts off by Hashem saying, Shlach lecha anashem. You should send yourself men so Hashem initiates with a command in this case it sounds like the leaders were the ones who initiated the people were the ones who initiated and Moshe Rabbeinu responded so we have two very different versions and so as the Mephorashim point out we need to cobble together the story with the two sets of narratives because they each inform us of the more compro, uh, compro, complex and um, um, multifaceted narrative that it really was so the, the stage of affairs as Rashi explains it is that the people first approached Moshe Moshe Rabbeinu um, thought that it was a good idea, and he approached Hashem, and Hashem said, 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 you can send them. So then the question is, so why would Hashem approve something which is bad? The answer really is, is because Hashem is, uh, is going to lead the people in the way that they choose to lead themselves. Hashem gives human beings the license of free will, and that license means they can do terrible things, and if they do terrible things and they ask Hashem, should I do a terrible thing? Hashem will say, go for it, because that's the whole point of free will. Why would Moshe approve of something which is bad? So Rashi says, well, Moshe got the sense this wasn't good, but it's like a salesman. So Rashi gives the example of a donkey salesman. We can give the equivalent of a car salesman. But the point is, imagine somebody comes in and says, you know, I'd like to see this, 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 this car. 
and you say, oh, no problem. They say, can I take it for a test drive? You say, oh, no problem. It says, does it do well in, you know, on steep hills? Yeah, no problem whatsoever. How about, how, how about um, you know, um, long highways through the sun? No problem whatsoever. How does it do on the coastal region? Oh, it's actually very good on the turns. So the more that the salesman's confident about what they're selling, the less co- concerned the buyer may be. Moshe Rabbeinu realized that the people were somewhat con- concerned about the, the product, which is the land of Israel. And if he were to be, co- if he were to be a little more conservative and say, no, 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 take it or leave it, Hashem said it's good, then they're going to start getting a little concerned or suspicious. If Moshe Rabbeinu is willing to say, oh, it's good, it's fantastic, you can go in even if you want to, then perhaps that confidence will, will, will have the effect of them not really wanting to go in in the first place because they realize that Moshe Rabbeinu is confident about it. That's the example that Rashi gives as well. Now, is chaos a good thing or a bad thing? So Rashi actually makes a fascinating comment. He says, when it says, all of you came toward, to, towards me, Rashi says, that, that isn't a good thing. It was in, in chaos. Um, it was not appropriate. Later on, we'll see in Devarim Perakei, which is next week's parasha in Vayaschanan, but it says by Matan Torah, that all the elders and the statesmen came forward to me then, using the same words, but instead of it all being all of you, it was in order, in legions. So Rashi says here it was inappropriate because it was young people pushing the old people and everybody was, was shoving and it was, it was inappropriate. So the chaos is, is incorrect. Um, that's that's the, 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 the upshot of this. So the Sfas Emes, the Gero Rebbe says, maybe it's the opposite way around. Maybe actually the notion of chaos is better in this case. Meaning to say, when is there chaos? When is everybody running to get into the entrance when it's something important to them? And you know what? What's interesting is if you contrast this, is what Rashi is saying, is you contrast this to Matan Torah. Everybody arrived regally in their camps, organized. Okay, they're going to come. You know, they have to come to Matan Torah. But when it came to the Miraglim, they're all rushing to get there. Wherever you rush shows what matters to you. And if what matters to you more is sending off the spies, which you aren't commanded to, which actually questions the word of Hashem, that's a little bit of a problem. <laughs> it should be, we should wonder, where are we running? What is important to us? Where is there chaos in our lives because we're excited about something? And when there is, where is there not? Because we're just doing it because... Now, what went so wrong with the Miraglim? Another question, why, why did this go so, so far awry? The Rambani explains that at first they presented it as a good land and they said the inheritance are strong. At which point, Kalev and Yoshua um, countered by saying, well, Hashem will help us fight them. At which point they went, started back-channeling with rumors among the tents. And that's what this, this version of the story tells us. And so at this point, they started influencing you know, social media circuits, you know, not, not, not relating to the authorities or the administration as to what the narrative should be, but just you know, publishing half facts on their blog spots. And that would really sort of set the, set the whole motion in, um, in progress. And the, once the wildfire left, you know, then at that point in time, everybody was consumed by it. The Svorna also points out that at this point they displayed their real agenda. Moshe thought that, they, that it was a given that they were going into the land and their mission was just to work out which was the best way in. But at this point in time, they have now shown their cards and, and they make it clear that their question was not whether or not they should go this way or that way, but whether or not they wanted to go in in the first place, which is what's been clear over here. Finally, one last question. What does the Miraglim have to do with Moshe Rabbeinu not going into the land? The very end of the idea, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Hashem got angry with me because of you and I didn't go into the land. But Moshe Rabbeinu was not barred access from the land of Israel until much, much later. So Ramban says, yes, Moshe Rabbeinu is, is, is actually putting together the sins of the later generation of Bema River and the sins of Miraglim to sort of put the two together to show that Moshe Rabbeinu is also suffering because of their stubborn nature. Arachana Kodesh says that doesn't really make sense because that happened really 39 years later and in a different place, a different generation. So rather it must be in the following. That if Moshe Rabbeinu had entered the land, as we know that the Midrashim say, he would have built the base of Migdash, and the Migdash would have been so perfect that it would not be dis- uh, destructible, which means that when B'nai Yisrael might sin, God forbid, the anger or the wrath of 
God would have to be turned upon them themselves. So uh, when they sent the miracle, Makar Baruch who realized and noticed that the people were vulnerable, that people were not going to, they were not going to be able to succeed in the land to the level that he had expected of them because they made bad decisions. And therefore, he said, it's better that Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't go in because then if it's not Moshe Rabbeinu who's building the base of Migdash, then perhaps the base of Migdash can be destroyed when the wrath of Hashem has to come later on. It'll land on bricks and it'll land on stone, but it won't land on the nation of Israel. So Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, my lack of entrance is because of your vulnerability. And that's what he is suggesting. That's Arachim idea. A very sad idea about another sacrifice the leader makes for the people. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.